Megan Hicks of I Run Far. I'm with John Albin. You're the 2019 Trail World Champion. How does that sound? Yeah, it sounds pretty good. It's actually <laughs> nice to do an interview with you guys where I've actually uh, done well at a race. <laughs> so apparently the, there was a curse of an I Run Far interview that I didn't know about. Yeah, I think every time I've done a pre-race interview with I Run Far, I've never really performed as well as I wanted to. And uh, thankfully before this race, we didn't have an interview. So uh, I managed <laughs> to win. out. <laughs> Yeah, last year you were at, it was your first Trail World Championships, if I remember correctly, and you finished fourth, just off the podium. Things are a lot different this year. Yeah, mainly with the different course, I think. It's way shorter, uh, not quite as hot, still relatively hot for me. Um, and I just went out thinking, I don't know how many more of these I'm going to be able to do, so let's just go really hard. <laughs> okay. So I went hard from the beginning and just tried to stay up with the lead pack, which is normally not my style, but I thought... Let's just go for it and see what happens and came off. So can you talk about, describe how the men's race went out? Well, it seemed to be really controlled for the first, definitely the first seven kilometers, which was relatively flat. Okay. The start was absolutely insane because there were so many athletes, but then we got kind of settled and we were all very happily running along. And then we got to uh, the top before a big downhill, technical downhill, down into the main aid station. And it was like someone just threw a grenade in and it just went. Oof, everyone just some people could run down in the technicals some people couldn't some people had made a bit of a breakaway on the uphill before that and everything just got completely blown open okay. wide. so the swiss guy he he went out front and he had a a good lead i was quite a ways back maybe fifth or sixth but on the downhill i managed to squeeze past up into second okay and they managed to hold that um up until the top of the main climb and then squeeze into the lead and hold that from the from the top. So yeah. So can you talk about that moment when you did go into the lead? Do you remember exactly where that was? Yeah, it was um, the top part of the race was kind of split into two. We, we did the big climb and then we yep. had a little bit of a descent and another climb. Yep. So at the base of that, um, that the very middle part, we uh, made contact. And then I thought I'll just stick with him until the very very top, and then hopefully put in a gap on the descent. Got it. And I'm glad I didn't do that because now I found out being Swiss, he's actually a really good descender and that's his strength. <laughs> so, but I managed to run and I just took the lead and was carried on running the same speed I had done and just automatically started making a lead. So I thought, okay. I'm, I'm not going to like go against this. I'll just go with the flow. I'm in the lead now. I'll just run, run as hard as I can. Um, got to the top of that climb, was still in first and knew the descent was something of my strength. Uh, I'd run out of water by that point, but thought mm. it's only 15k left or something. I'm just going to run to the finish and <laughs> hopefully it'll be fine. And it was. So I was really dehydrated when I crossed the line. If it had been another 5 or 10 kilometers, I think I would have been in big trouble. But um, there was enough small rivers. I dipped my hat in a few times and tried to control the heat okay. and just made it across uh, to the finish. So um, you arrived to Portugal a few days early and you stayed in the town of Gondromaz, which was where the final aid station was. Now... I was thinking when our reporter said at 31k before Gondramaz that you had overtaken the lead, I was thinking, oh, this is really good for John because he's now seen this section of course that's coming. Were you thinking the same thing? Yeah, I think actually I reckoned 
uh, that part and the top part, the, the course, and okay. this downhill into the main aid station. So I looked okay. at those three parts of the course. It turned out those are the three real important parts of the course. And okay. it was really nice to get on them, know what's coming and where and how things are going to be. And um, I've never really wrecked a course before, but it really helps. Okay. So um, I'm glad I came out a bit early. It wasn't quite as hot as I was expecting uh, during the week, so I didn't really get the heat acclimatization. Mm. But definitely looking around the course helped mm. a lot. So it was nice. Um, the end of the course is a couple kilometers of pretty hard running after you come out of that technical bit. Yeah, it was um, it was quite a lot in the forest to be honest and quite soft and we okay. followed um, like a water course and it was nice but the last 2k, which I'd run in the warm up and thought, oh, didn't take that long, wasn't that hard. Seemed to be a very long two kilometers when <laughs> yeah. I ran it in the How race. How that happen like that? I know. It, was... it just gets so long sometimes. And um, the camera guy was going, smile, enjoy it. But I was so hot and dehydrated <laughs> by that point, I just wanted to finish. And then I kind of forgot as well, the team competition was done by time. So I was running as hard as I could in, but I did do a few high fives and stuff. So I could have been a tiny bit quicker for the team. But thank thankfully, it didn't make too much of a difference. And the team came in, in uh, with a silver anyway. Place. Yeah, so... Yeah. Um, that was good, and then once I got a drink after the finish, I got to go and thank all the crowd, who were amazing. It was it was great. There was one staircase, and it was the Zagama feeling with the crowd so tight in tight and cheering and you on. And if anything, it's, it's detrimental to your performance because it makes you just push that bit too hard uh, before a big climb, but it's just great for that many people to be out and cheering you on. Hmm. You cross the line. They're saying your name. They're saying Great Britain yep. as the Trail World Champion. What sort of things go through your head in that exact moment? Yeah, that's actually, it's really different. Even just racing, you kind of look down and see a little flag and that's kind of really different to mm. normal racing. So mm. it does give you that like, little bit of extra extra push just to look down and see that and think about the fact that you're doing it for your country as well as just for yourself. But I don't think it really sunk in when I crossed the line. It hasn't really sunk in yet now. Uh, I think it's just like another race, I guess. Uh, I've never tried to give myself too much kudos because then I kind of think if I do, I won't go on to win other things. Sure. So I just take it in my stride and hopefully this is just the start. Awesome. What's coming up for you in the rest of your 2019 season? Uh, what, like next weekend or like further on? <laughs> I don't know. I'm in Amsterdam <laughs> next weekend to begin my obstacle racing season. So I've got right? my first OCR next, next Saturday okay. in Amsterdam. And then um, another one after that, uh, Spartan European Championships, probably in the Dolomites two weeks later. Okay. And then I'll be coming down to the Pyrenees and the Alps for a van holiday and picking up uh, Buff Epic, okay. which will be the next big uh, mountain race. So I'm really looking forward to that one. I do, did a holiday in the Pyrenees in Val de Bois last year, and it was a beautiful valley, and I really look forward to going back. So I'm, I'm there to do Buff Epic this year. Um, how do you feel about sort of your identity as a parallel trail runner and obstacle course racer? There was actually a dialogue somewhere on I Run Far in the last couple of days where somebody said, is that John Albin, the obstacle <laughs> racer? And somebody else responded and said, no, that's John Albin, the trail runner. <laughs> and somebody two. said, no, they're the same people. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, but it's kind of cool because obstacle racing isn't really known as a sport yet. And we kind of got a bad rep as being like these big gym hulks which just like take off their shirt and take nice muddy photos. That's not you. But there are... No, just kidding. There, there, there's there's a, a few of those, but it is quite an athletic sport as well. And it's it's a really cool sport that tests a whole holistic fitness. So mm. it's really cool to do both obstacle racing and then to kind of come and try and t take on events like this and then show that obstacle racers are uh, pretty good athletes as well. So. And... 
I mean, I guess it's some of the same sort of endurance training, but... Yeah, very much so. I think uh, training for obstacle racing helps me here, and training for this definitely helps me in obstacle racing. So I always just try and train for this sort of, like, overall fitness. Um, and I think that's why this course suited me, because there was a lot of, like, river bits and things to dodge around and fast bits, slow bits. It was a really varied course, mm. so it suited me a lot. And... Um, I'm happy that I've got such a wide skill set that I seem to be able to sort of take on a course like that rather than just if it's dry and rocky I'll win or if it's a swamp I'll win. Uh, I prefer it this way. If it's a swamp I'll win. <laughs> I do like swamps. <laughs> well, everybody's got to love something, John. Congrats to you on your win of the 2019 Trail World Championships. Congrats also to Team Great Britain on your Team Silver medal today. Thank you very much. Cheers, guys. Cheers.